All right, folks, it's Thursday night, 8 p.m. You know what that means. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we got stuff to get into this week. We're days removed from SummerSlam, so we got to run down the fallout from SummerSlam with all kinds of stuff happening in Detroit. And it's a never-ending topic, the state of women's wrestling, but there is a lot of rumbling going on of how there need to be more women's matches, and that's real easy to say. But how do you actually do that? We're going to get into that tonight and all kinds of other stuff. Your Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. everybody your big gold belt wrestling podcast is on the air and it's been quite a while we got the whole crew in effect tonight all five of the boys in the house to round things out for our post summer slam show and god we're getting close to the end of summer so maybe it's also an end of summertime celebration in some ways <laughs> but either way i am will we got silly Celis to my left up top down below him the giant crab jamal we got two chains coming in on the right side down below and damian g joining us all the way from the lone star state gentlemen i am so glad to have the whole crew here tonight because it has been quite some time how's everybody doing I heard we were talking about the Alabama brawl, so I said I had to show up. <laughs> oh, we we gonna break that down tonight, frame by frame. Honestly, Aquaman is. is mm-hmm. I got my folding chairs in the closet, so I'm good. Why has there been a shortage of folding chairs in America? <laughs> and if you go to Target, you need your ID. So <laughs> deadly weapon nowadays. If you're gonna pick up some white folding chairs, are what we gonna rate a uh, folding chair uh, swinging technique tonight? Is anyone doing it like as good as Stone Cold used to, or uh, <laughs> we doing like some ECW style ratings on those, or, or Oof. what? <laughs> I mean, that one shot was super unprotected, sort of like uh, Mick Foley and The Rock at the Royal Rumble. So yes. yeah, I quit on that one. Yes, <laughs> I, I want to give the form. Um, mm. like a seven out of ten. <laughs> I, I think the actual swinging mechanism was spot on. Um, <laughs> what I what I think is what I wanted to see was a little bit more of a sell. Yeah, they they were no selling <laughs> shit out of them. No, no, like, no sell at all. Like, did they not get the memo? You know, they're trying to stonewall this guy. They're not selling anything, and he is swinging his ass off. So you know what? I got to give, uh, you know, the good uncle, and I'm not going to mention his name, but we got to give the good uncle. Is due. I thought it was a good, solid swing. Um, but to be fair, the brother in Detroit uh, last night. Yeah. <laughs> that, Him too. That was Him that too. was a nine. That was a nine. And I got to give the, you know, the, the the dude he had credit because he sold the hell out of that one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you can tell we got some attitude folks. Fans. <laughs> Folding chairs are making a comeback. To close out the wow. summer. So, so watch out, folks. Watch right. your backs So, so heads up to all those indie shows that want to grab as more folding chairs. They are a hot commodity. Don't be surprised if they charge you $30 for one chair. Okay. <laughs> if you go to your next premium live event where you're sitting on the floor, we can take the chair with you as you leave. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you already know that's going like behind glass. Yeah, <laughs> like, and this is my WrestleMania chair. You get one yes. of those regular, <laughs> one of those regular uh, plastic ones. Yes, you know this is a case of an emergency. <laughs> 
the commemorative folding chairs. Those probably do a little bit extra damage. They got, exactly. they got a buff on them, extra, extra plus one or so for the uh, if you've got the commemorative pay per view folding chairs. <laughs> it's been a wild year of our videos, and it's gonna be really hard to top this one. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the just the amount of camera angles alone. Yeah, make it you know a got it. It's practically a damn movie. There's enough versions of it going around, and don't forget so, the commentary. Yeah. <sighs> And listen, like, you know, we all around the same age group. So, like, you know, we, 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 we've definitely seen some things in our past. But, you know, we weren't so quick to grab our phones to record it. We were just kind of living in the moment or exactly. getting low, depending on the circumstances. Yes. I got to say that this new era of, like, there's confrontation, there's something happening, let me grab my phone first, is an ability that I have yet to tap into. So I have to commend the camera folks and the cinematography, the commentary team, everybody <laughs> that made it happen. But then we have to talk about the folks that ran up for the action, who wanted all the smoke that really made it go down. Listen, Michael Bay right now is eating his heart out because he would have threw all of the special effects in the back. And that would have been explosions <laughs> left and right. And it's easily would have been a blockbuster hit with a time in Alabama. And yes, folks, yes, I'm also on board with wanting them to reenact this in some level of media uh, of folks. I need Wesley right. Snipes and Michael Jab White. On the phone right now. Yep. I need him on the phone right now. Somebody call Terrence Howard. He ain't busy. I need him on the phone right now. We need hey, to talk about this. Hey, man. Hey, yeah. Aquaman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. There are going to be so, so many versions of that. So thing. wrestling related, but really not, but really is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we could not do this. We'd be doing proper justice on this show if we did not bring that up. This to the yeah. <laughs> so, gotta keep it timely gotta keep it timely yeah timely let's quickly touch on this as we open the show season finale of dark side of the ring dropped this week with the world according to marty janetti and if they were going to go out on a different kind of tip on a different kind of variety than their usual show this was an interesting way to do it because god darn marty janetti that man this was about as old school as it gets as far as like talking to an old wrestler where pretty much you don't know if any of the damn shit he's saying at any damn moment is up, down, left, or right, true or false, embellished, or what. But he's going to keep your attention the whole darn time. Yep. It's compelling. But you're going to walk away from it just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> Damien, I think you, you said you checked it out, right? I did. Decelis, did you uh, around I did. I also did. Yep. Okay. Did anyone else get to check it out? Mm, not yet. Okay. Okay. I thought it, I wouldn't call it one of the, like the best episodes or anything. It was definitely different, but Marty Janetti's a trip. If you're looking for 45 minutes, it's just kind of like, what the hell? Like almost like a Jerry Springer episode where you're just kind of like, what yeah. that's kind of what it was it's it gets kind of dark at the end once they go into some stuff that happened with him during his life that yeah. also is you're not sure if it's true or not but you know <laughs> where the truth begins and where the story may begin who knows that's that's wrestling in a nutshell but i don't know D damien any thoughts on it yeah really quick because i was actually marty over sean when i was a kid so okay okay see, so seeing this confirmed everything that I ever thought as an adult that Marty was, you know, hanging out over there a little bit too long and he's a little out in the sun because, man, the amount of drugs, they don't even begin to talk <laughs> about just drugs all over the place. And, like, I know Cornette talks about the drugs and the booze and all that stuff of, like, the 80s and the territory days, but, my God, Marty, like, did you take more than 10 hours between, you know, snorting lines or something? <laughs> Because, my God, the thing also that that really uh, got me was um, and spoilers for anyone who doesn't who hasn't watched it yet was the plate glass barbershop window yeah. might have happened in real life before it made it <laughs> yes. on to superstars. <laughs> yes. So because so, obviously for me, that's when the Rockets broke up and little Damien was probably most upset about it, uh, seeing Marty get beat up by Sean. But. Not surprised that they would fight constantly while they were drunk because that was the 80s. Um, so depressing is the way I'll put it. Um, it shed a lot of light of things we already knew, but I didn't even think it was going to be to that level 
you know, and I honestly believe 85% of what Marty, Marty Gennetti believes is true. He really does believe it. It's not an old oh, man no BSing himself. He legitimately believes everything he says. He has worked himself into a shoot, brother. And that <laughs> is how he looks at life. No doubt. <laughs> no, that, that man has, has wrestler brain. He has old wrestler brain where, where the work ends and the story begins. Like It's all blurred. It's all jumbled up, and it, that ain't ever going to get straightened out at this point. It's like, nope. it is what it is. So if you haven't seen the season finale, check it out. Interesting season that they did for season four, and hopefully they'll come back. I mean, I, they every time I'm they like, to. I always kind of be like, what's left for them to do? But then they come up with something like this, and it's like, okay, yeah, there, there's always crazy stories in wrestling. And if I can add to that, I think one thing they could do for season four, because this is season four coming up, if it gets renewed, I think necessarily they don't have to do a lot of wrestlers. You could do a lot of themed events or maybe a premium live pay-per-view like they did Bass at the Beach. I think you could bring a lot of those stories because sometimes stories at shows, you know, can go deeper into detail. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we did the Owen Hart story, but what about what was it like to do that show before and after? You can go in a deeper dive instead of just what happened with Owen Hart, because there's a lot of things that you got to do with programming. How do you do live TV? What did you have to do to edit it on pay-per-view during that time? So I think there's a lot of stories they can go for singular events that can show a lot of background stories that we don't realize. I'll say this though. I know, I know vice is kind of in limbo a little bit, but Mm -hmm. as long as there's a check to be cut, they're going to figure it out. There's tons of story. Hell people on Twitter every day talking about something. They sure as hell going to find something to make a story about and make some money off of it. More motivated than the folks who aren't getting money off things alternative. And there's never a shortage of anything to talk about in it. So the question I think it really is, what what time period are they going to be most interested in? That's Do you go point. right around the corner? Mm-hmm. Hell, Vince McMahon's still alive. So there's always going to be a story. <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. No and, doubt. And and, and and as we learn more about, you know, the AW's here and what, do we do we start to peek into impact or are there stories to be told there Indeed. in the TNA era? So like, they're far from done. It's going to be interesting, but I haven't seen this episode. But uh, you know, they 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 kept our interest in telling good uh, as a good docu series. They've they've done a good job in producing these now up for three seasons, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what 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 angle, what aspect, what direction they take for the next season. So Indeed. we'll see. And All hell, right. if Vice don't do it, somebody else will pick it somebody up. Somebody will pick it up. Peacock <laughs> mm-hmm. will be a- like, "What's I, up?" I think Annie, Annie could do it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the dark sides coming. It's always it's always an interesting watch. All right, let's switch gears to last weekend SummerSlam in Detroit. Of course, we ran down the show last week. Had some different stuff we were all interested in in different ways on the show but now the show is in the rear view so we'll do like we usually do go around the table and what's jumped out at us at what what got our attention what got us excited at SummerSlam? i'll throw mine out first since we got so many of us here tonight and i'll try to keep it quick for me personally highlight of that show the women's title match the three-way bianca charlotte mm-hmm. and oscar Match itself, I was kind of like, all right, this is this is cooking. It's 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 good. It's going on all right. But the whole finish mm-hmm. with the figure eight, the poison fog, the small package from Bianca into the t- into winning the title mm-hmm. to yep. immediately EO's music hits and they turn into a cash in two all at once. That whole home stretch, I thought was masterful. There was a lot of good stuff on this show, but. I came out of that home stretch just like with the biggest grin on my face. Just like that, that was just good stuff. Very reminiscent of the month before with the finish of the women's money in the bank ladder match where they just did just a really creative finish that just got a bunch of people involved. And it, I don't know. I, I love that finish of that match. So for me, personal highlight EO winning the title and the finish of the way, ladies three way match. We'll go around the circle. So let's go to you for Celis. Highlights of SummerSlam for you. So it, this is kind of hard for me because I had high anticipation in a way talking about last week, how I was pre-booking the show. Mm-hmm. I was more so disappointed than the highlights. Now, what I would say is this. The meal was good. The dessert after or the drink to top it off to me was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about and I'm going to go to the Seth Rollins match versus Finn Balor. I, that, that match from start to the middle 
was great. You saw the in-ring action. I was like, maybe it's Finn Chance. And even if Finn did not win, I still wanted to make sure the finish made sense. Um, to me, I didn't like that finish because it was kind of telegraphed of how they did it, where I saw how the briefcase was coming in, and I said, I know exactly how this is going to end. And I thought it was a very soft landing to a story that they're trying to continue that I thought they missed some opportunities there. Um, and it, it, it just it was just okay for me. Um, I would say, like you said, uh, that was the best part of the night, so I didn't want to repeat that. But it was a little bit more disappointing for me than I thought it should have been, and I thought some of the endings could have been a little bit better in some of those matches. All right, let's slide down to the giant crab, Jamal. Did you see any of SummerSlam, Jamal? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> number one, uh, it's, it was on a Saturday, and I totally forgot that it was uh, a thing uh, because I was at the Orioles game. Um, secondly, looking at the highlights of it, mm -hmm. I think the biggest surprise to me is that Logan Paul and Ricochet opened the show for an 18-minute long match. Yeah. It was long. It definitely felt long to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, other, other than the uh, Baszler versus Ronda Rousley, every match went over 10 minutes, which I think is, is pretty damn good. And I think that that's actually like what SummerSlam should be. It's not mm -hmm. pretending to be WrestleMania, but it's definitely bringing you to a bullet point of the year where we can definitely turn the page on a couple things, you know, get things going towards Survivor Series and, and more importantly, the Royal Rumble. And I think that that's what this pay-per-view did now. Looking at, of course, the results of it, not having watched it in the fullest of context, uh, has the juice been completely squeezed from the turnip that is the bloodline story? Mm. Uh, is that something that they is that something that they can continue to limp along to the finish line, being WrestleMania, probably the Royal Rumble, but more likely WrestleMania? Um, you have Io Sky winning uh, the women's championship. Great. What does that mean for the rest of the women's roster? So, and if you can go down to each match and it leaves you really in a particular point that's like, damn, where do we go from here? About almost everything. Hell, even Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Do, does Ronda come back? You know, where does she go from here? Do we even care? Um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of that. And I think that that's what WrestleMania, not WrestleMania, but that's what SummerSlam does. And mm -hmm. it actually looks like on paper, at least, it did well sets you up for the fall to kind of keep you, you know, going as we are rounding, you know, like into third base going towards the uh, end of the year or at least the end of the season. And we're halfway through the season, you know, between WrestleMania and Survivor Series and, um, you know, we're, we're getting there. So a lot of questions, uh, a lot of answers and a lot more questions after that. So it looks like at least on paper, it was a good show. I just want to know, is that do we need another 35 minute you know match between a member of the bloodline uh and and Roman? I don't know how many more times they could do that before you go, okay, calm down. But then again, as we've said before over the past few weeks, when do you switch gears and put judgment day in that position? Yep. Mm -hmm. So that that seems to be the easy, obvious answer as we've as they peaked at team judgment day doing a thing. But now is it their time to actually take the reins eh, from Roman um, and, and leave the kind of drive the ship a little bit toward into the fall and, and into the winter. So um, it looks like a good show on paper. So, so yeah, not mad at it. All right, two James get in here. Um, I did like the decision of <clears throat> Logan Paul and Ricochet opening it up a uh, hot match. Uh, mm -hmm. This match easily is placed on the car at any other place. If it wasn't for the fact that Logan Paul had to go see his brother, yeah. Uh, one of his biggest matches. So good for WWE for playing game in, in terms of combat sports. Uh, yeah. That's typically uh, a normalized thing within combat sports, whether it's Pacquiao wanting to make sure he goes on late after a particular basketball game go, uh, you know, <laughs> it completes, you know, so like, you know, it's just good to see WWE to, to, to exist in that space and to be accommodating to Logan Paul so that he can get on the plane uh, and get from uh, Detroit. Uh, down into uh, Texas, I think it was. Yeah, it was in Dallas. Um, yep, Dallas. Yeah, yep, yep. Out when his yeah, and hell, fall. he showed up in his gear. Didn't sure did. Didn't even change his clothes. Yep, as he should. I mean, I, I think you know, cross promotion. It's not really cross promotion. It, it is sort of cross promotion, but it's not in the sense of like scratching each other's back. But it does work for WWE, and it does. 
as big as a icon Logan Paul is, it just creates a biggest a bigger sphere for things he's involved with, including WWE. But um, yeah. the biggest my my biggest takeaway with that is that I think a lot of people think Logan Paul has has to go, you know, has mm. the tools to hang with the best. Um, he's had some some very spectacular spots. Yes, yep. they were trendy. Yes, he's a walking viral machine. We get it. That's what he does. It's going to go viral. But I truly think the testament of how good he is is working with somebody like Ricochet because regardless True. of how Ricochet's book, Ricochet is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's, he's worked in every promotion yep. at a high rate that you have to respect what he does. And even though he's getting older, Ricochet can still easily cut it on. And it was amazing to see such a high-energy um, a, a very competitive match between the two, and you would think that Logan Paul has been around this sport for three to four years, and no. Well, let so, me ask you this about that match. Did, who took the lead in that match? Did Logan Paul lead Ricochet? Absolutely not. Heavy lifting, or it was, was it back and forth? Back yeah, is Ricochet still the vet? And you can still see that Ricochet makes sure that, in terms of putting together, uh, shall I say, in ring producer, still making sure yeah. that spots and angles and respecting the camera and, and, and moments were all absolutely uh, orchestrated by Ricochet. But Logan Paul got his cues. When it was time to do certain things, he was ready. He was in the right spot. It was a very polished match, to be honest. More polished than I thought it could be. Because, you know, when you, when, you, when, you, when you talk about Ricochet's style of matches, when he's at his best, when you're talking about at the pay-per-views, you have to be like somebody like uh, Will Ospreay, Yes. Or of uh, Kingo at this time, at this at this point now, but you have to be somebody of that caliber to keep up with him. Otherwise, he's going to run circles around you. And Logan was right there with him. I was thoroughly surprised, and it was a very hot match to open it up with. Uh, we knew that Cody and Brock was going to be a big deal, so the fact that that match, the match afterwards, kept that momentum high, and it didn't truly feel like a like a night and day difference between the uh, between the transition into two matches. This it spoke to how good the opening match was, and and for a fact, I think that Logan should get um, more respect. I know there's been some really hot takes about him being better than 95 percent of the uh, uh, wrestlers active right now. It's a very Interesting hot take. I'm not going to debate that, but I think he should be considered uh, somebody who's truly passionate about the sport and is just going to continue to get better. And, and I, you know, I think we said he had hell of a rookie year. I think this is absolutely a fantastic sophomore year, um, and he just continues to deliver. So I'm very excited to keep to keep seeing uh, his 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 wrestling career flourish. And to your bloodline thing, I know Will's going to say this, but I'll just snatch his point. <laughs> As long as the ratings are talking, you give them 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 minutes, give them the whole damn show. I'm not mad at it. And the, and the story has still so much potential to grow because they still haven't even called in care packages. And if it ever was to get to a point where we start to worry, is it done? Is it fizzling out? What can we do? Well, certainly they can call in some folks to get in there and make it exciting. It's, it's nothing for them to have some cameos, have some appearances. I mean, Rakishi coming in, who's right there begging to be a part of it, easily adds another buzz to it. So there's so much more for this story to go. Um, and as long as the ratings, as long as the numbers are talking, we just have to just bear witness to greatness. <laughs> <laughs> Bear witness to greatness. That's that's one way to put it. Damian G, get in here. <laughs> witness to greatness. Okay. Um, boredom <laughs> is, you know, it's getting to boredom levels for me to be quite mm. honest. Um, I think the reason why this is still relevant or it continues to still be relevant, even if it gets stale, aside from ratings, they still have the Dwayne card. If they when ever really want to play that, when it gets to desperate times and desperate measures, they could pull the Dwayne card. Dwayne Gill. Yeah, Dwayne Gil Gilbert card. Yes. Gilbert. There you go. I would rather see Gilbert than another bloodline match, to be quite honest with you. What? No. No. I'm tired of it. I really am. And I get it's a ratings draw, and I get there's merch being moved, but this is worse than days of our lives. It's like, how many double and triple crosses are we going to have in this same damn like context? I'm like, oh, enough, man. Stop. You, you betray your, your, your bloodline. Bring your brother out of it just to betray your brother again and go back to the original bloodline. What? No, I'm, unless with some multiverse theory where it's another Jimmy Uso from another Elseworlds, <laughs> uh -oh. I don't care. 
it's it's done it's over now with roman potentially being hurt it's still gonna drag out because now yeah. if he's hurt worse than what we anticipate it's gonna keep going enough i'm tired but what i really did notice it's dawned on me that to the casual fan now potentially logan paul got ricochet over to the, like the no. general fan but, where okay. we know ricochet's work we know he's one of the best i didn't see that to match the, then so the casual i i it's gonna seem that logan paul got ricochet over mm-hmm. and another well, another wrinkle to that feud that helped also was the shit talking to samantha irving on the smackdown prior to that mm-hmm. because she had yep. to say his name you're gonna say she's my the name mo- she's the most over talent right now in all the WWE. yes she is she is probably <laughs> the most over talent and you're not kidding too james like every time i see a clip it's got samantha irving in it her, yep. her ring announcing her her facial expressions about ricochet getting beat by logan paul plus the fact that she really likes her job you can tell that's great that's wholesome she was a great wrinkle but yes i get the sense that logan paul is getting ricochet over <laughs> go figure i think go can figure. I, let me jump in it really really quick i think there's like a win-win situation i think it's the same thing as damian priest with bad bunny is that mm-hmm. you got folks coming from two different worlds and well, for sure, Damian Priest and the Judgment Day both very much benefited from a wrestling aspect from working Bad Bunny. But mm-hmm. but Bad Bunny got that notoriety. I think he also got that level of uh I think I think at that point, like people start to respect him in the ring for what he's yep. done. Then you have like the music world who already knows what Bad Bunny is, but I think you have to kind of look in and say, well, who's Damian Priest? Who's this person he's wrestling? And sure, maybe it, it gave him buzz on that aspect for a couple of months, but it's still a big thing. And then from the wrestling sphere, the the the, the vets, the greats, they say, well, that's somebody that had to have the most responsible match of his entire career. Mm-hmm. You were mm-hmm. the biggest star in the entire world in the wrestling. Can't hurt him, and you can't <laughs> hurt him at all. He gets injured, he can't perform. Oh. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. Um, so you know, I just think that in this case, like Logan Paul gets that respect from the wrestling sphere from working Ricochet, but then Ricochet gets the publicity. He gets the exposure. It's a from win-win. The millions of Correct. followers from Logan Paul, so that the folks yeah. that these folks who's never watched wrestling but care to see Logan Paul, their favorite YouTuber, wrestling some other guy. That's like, whoa, this guy's like a superhero. Let me see what's up with him. It's a win-win. So, like, getting over is like relative, depending on what perspective you're looking at here. But it's truly at the at, at, from our perspective of knowing both sides of this, it's certainly a win-win for everybody involved. Right. And I'll, and I'll say one more thing uh, about the women's match. Y'all all said it was great. That I saw it. I loved it. Chef's kiss. But it made me realize that had probably Vince been running this, EO would have been the first faulty cash in for the women. Because Ooh. I could have seen another story where Bailey actually cost her the match after she cashed in the briefcase. But because yeah, they're Bianca holding that in their back pocket, how those two are going to handle. But that's Correct. an interesting thing. If Vince was running it, I, I could see that too as a way, let me get it back to somebody that's well-known that I like and maybe not an up-and-coming guy from NXT that maybe a lot of people don't know about yet. But that's just Vince's mind of thinking. I, I kind of agree with you, Damien. No, and that's and that's where I went with that thinking. I was happy for EO, well-deserved, but man, if Vince was, she would have probably had a failed cash-in or I lost her briefcase before the event even of itself. But Bianca and SummerSlams don't get along, do they? Because nope. she has the, no. the the worst and quickest win-loss record at SummerSlam. You know, losing to Becky last year in like 10 seconds or 5 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then losing to the cash-in. And it was a nice touch to see Dakota Kai as well. So yeah. I think that those are my main takeaways from SummerSlam. There you go. I'm just going to quickly add about the main event since we talked about you brought up the whole Jimmy Uso deal. And if Jimmy Uso is from another uh, multiverse or something, because what the deal with that is with him turning on a uh, J. Yeah. In a, in the moment, I definitely was on the side of what, how are they going to do this? How are they going to make this work? But by the time the show was over, as the week has gone on now, I'm very much just like, all right, Wait for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they do here. Because 
the thing I just keep out keep giving them with this bloodline storyline is whether it's Paul Heyman's involvement or just Roman Reigns or just Triple H or that whole crew that's been doing this thing for however many years now, they keep finding ways to keep this going. So that's the the twists and turns have worked well enough up to this point, and the, the all the dots have been connected well enough that I'm willing to wait to tomorrow night. And I'm confident that there's going to be some reasoning for why Jimmy did what Jimmy did. So So. I'll add this to that. What you just said, we'll just add to that. If Jimmy can open the show by himself, come Mm. out with no music and have a new character twist and build off of him where he does a 10 minute promo of why he did what he did. So he's elevated himself to a main event status. I will take it. If he doesn't open the show and if he doesn't have that, uh, that 10 minute promo by himself, I'm not going to be sold for it. That's the only way. I'll take your idea, but I'm going to raise that wheel for that. <laughs> Big night for the Usos tomorrow night then. <laughs> yep. All right. Time is flying. So we're at our halfway point. So what we're going to do here, it is time for halftime. We will go to our commercial break. When we come back, we will have the indie spotlight, and then we will shift gears to the women's wrestling scene. So stay with us, folks. Your Big Old Belt podcast will be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media, with the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Yes, indeed, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m., running down all the hottest news in wrestling. And we come back from our halftime every week. We like to check out what's going on with the indies. So, Giant Crab, get in here with the Big Gold Belt Podcast Indie Spotlight. And this week, we're going to go north to uh, the Ottawa area. It's uh, C4 Wrestling. Uh, They're doing Fighting Back 12, Wrestling with Cancer. It's a, uh, it's, well, as the name suggests, it's a more of a special event as they have done and raised money for uh, Frank Morin, who was, you know, a local guy in that scene up there. He, you know, passed from cancer and they have a fundraiser show that benefits the Canadian Cancer Society. So uh, they've raised, it's, it's a wildly successful show. You know, you bring some, bring your folding chair, uh, you bring your wallet, <laughs> but you're definitely going to want to be a part of this show. It's, it's. Fighting Back 12, that's uh, Friday, August 18th, 7.30 p.m. at the Preston Event Center in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. So if you're in Ottawa, uh, Toronto, uh, Montreal, Gatineau, Quebec, um, you know, definitely make your way to Ottawa for this show. If you want tickets, uh, c4wrestling.com, that'll link you over to Eventbrite. Uh, you can get your tickets there. They're uh, 50 bucks for VIP uh, Canadian, uh, 60 at the door. Uh, general admission is $40 Canadian. But 100% of the profits will be donated to the Canadian Cancer Society in memory of Frank Morin. So good show for a good cause. C4 Wrestling, Fighting Back 12, Wrestling with Cancer. That's uh, August 18th at the Preston Event Center in Ottawa, the capital, Ontario, Canada. So good good time, good show. Go ahead, see some wrestling. And if you're a fan of guys like, uh, uh, you know, Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, that's like there. Uh, your home promotion out there in the uh, Ottawa Gatineau area. So looks like a good time. Looks like a good time had by all in the C4 wrestling next Friday night, the 18th. And that's the Indie spotlight for this week. Awesome. Awesome. So as we ended the show last week, we had some stuff erupting online. 
that Jabal broke down for us as Lufisto took to Twitter and was airing out. I don't know, I guess we want, to, we want to say airing out some grievances or just uh, sharing some information. Or... Fed up, fed up. That's <laughs> all it was. Yeah, just fed up. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot, a lot of stuff came out about her experiences with AEW and the lock, the women's locker room specifically, and frustrations she had with time she was there, which. Was, you know, I think a lot of people quickly pointed out was stuff that, you know, hadn't wasn't a total shocker. It wasn't stuff we hadn't heard before from other people that have been through there that we've definitely discussed in the past here. But it's been an ongoing discussion as far as how things are handled there. And if, if there's enough women's representation on their shows, this leads to, I think, a bigger discussion because a theme that was going around last week with SummerSlam was that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, who had been building a match since WrestleMania that seemed to be clearly planned for SummerSlam and been hyped up for SummerSlam, was suddenly a week before left off the show. It's going to happen on Raw this week. And it was allegedly left off for uh, time considerations. Considering the show went four hours long, mm. I do get it now. At the time going in, though, people were not thrilled about it, that they were being left off the show. Continuing this theme, there's the rumored card now for a all-in at Wembley Stadium. Mm -hmm. And as we speak, the rumored all-in card only includes one women's match, a four-way <laughs> for the uh, women's championship in the you know biggest show in modern wrestling history. That's going to happen. <laughs> so common theme we have going on right now is there's not enough women's matches on these big shows. So there was two on SummerSlam, one rumored for Wembley. There's a lot to get into here, but I think the first thing, let's answer the first question. Should there be more women's matches on these big shows? In, just I, in general, do you think? I go first here. I want to talk about Lufisto, but I'll wait till we okay. can come out to I that. I mean, it all goes together. I think there's a lot to discuss here. Should there be more women's matches? The answer is no. Because Ooh. two chains says women's confirmed. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, because like I, I, I want the segregation to stop. That's what I want. I want. I just want the best matches, the 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 best storylines, the, yeah. the, the 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 moments that are boiling up like a volcano to erupt at the pay per view. No matter if it's a a woman or non-binary or man, whatever it is. I I, 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 I I think we're getting to a point where we hear women, and I mean, like, we can go back to our interview years ago with Jordan Grace, where she very much said she wants women's wrestling, that term, to just go away. No she way. just wanted to be mm -hmm. wrestling. So it's, it's to me, it's a little bit confusing because it's like, well, yes, we do want wrestling to be wrestling, the best wrestlers to be the best wrestlers, and that's what it is. But then we keep coming to the point of saying, well, we want more women's matches. And I get what you're getting at with it. And it, and it's absolutely an argument that we've made here by way of the great uh, Messiah Big Swole for the last two years. But we definitely want to just get to a point where we just want the best matches to be represented at the pay-per-view, at the boiling point, at the eruption. So I do agree with Triple H's statement at the press conference where he does not look at it as well, I need to throw some women in there. What's the right. next level? I need to throw some black people in there. Mm -hmm. I need to throw some Latino people in there. No, no, no. I just need to throw the best matches in there that are at a head that needs to be resolved right now. Just, just what it is. That's what I feel about with WWE. AEW don't get the same pass because they are, they are very much infamous for having 50 matches. <laughs> so if you got 48 <laughs> matches that are men and then two matches are women, that is clearly a problem here. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's been their religion the last few pay-per-views is, oh, man, anybody we missing? Ah, yeah, Jungle Boy, get them in there. We, Jungle Boy and Jay White, throw them in there. I, I don't even know what the hell they're doing, but get them in there. Oh, Billy Gunn? Yeah, so throw them in there. Meanwhile, we've, again, by way of the Messiah, Big Swole, we've, we've already heard somebody who's been in that locker room since day one. We've we 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 we've seen that story be retold in so many different colors over and over and over. We done seen AEW all access. Now, if you have just even a peanut brain, you can make a consensus that 
there is clearly a problem within the women's locker room mm -hmm. by way of the results of what we see on television each and every week and ultimately on a pay-per-view. So is there an issue with females and, and non-binary and even queer people inside that locker room? Yes. Where is Sunny Kiss? Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. And that Day says one. a lot. Day one. You know, Nala Rose. We'll throw Nala Rose in there every once in a while. Where is these other... I don't even want to bring up Jade. <laughs> Who was undefeated until she lost and then you haven't seen where her Where are these people that clearly, if given the time, can, folks will get invested into for us to be and desire not only because what we know they're capable of, but to be desire of the current storylines in, and they're not even given the time of day. They're not. And even if we are diehards, you're not even allowing a path for folks that have no clue who they are to even get invested. It's, 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 it's a lose-lose situation. And I think as a fan, as a pure fan, you notice it. As somebody who is invested into the sport, you notice it. But I feel damn bad for anybody who just picks up watching wrestling on a Wednesday night and it's like, oh, what is this? Because there's going to be a whole array of folks that you they'll never see, they'll never know, and God, do they realize that they're just sitting on gold right under there, under their nose their entire time. It's, it's, it's really a really, really a bad predicament. So, again, Will, to your question, do we need more women's wrestling? Well, yes, we want to see more women wrestle, but we just need to see – we, we just need to see more wrestling represented in a way that should be represented without it being a, a, almost like a segregation of that's women and that's men. But ultimately, we, 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 want, to, we want more women to get more opportunities on AEW because that's been an a outspoken problem for way too long right now. That's not a problem in WWE because we are seeing them represented in different ways, uh, people of color, uh, women, and so on. But when it comes down to the pay-per-view, it should just be represented by whoever has the hottest storyline at the current time. And, and I'm going to piggyback off of you two chains real quick, and I'm going I'm to shoot it to you, uh, Damian. I just want to say this. Because it is sports entertainment, and I'm just playing devil's advocate to your point because I agree, it needs to shift to that term where it's just wrestling, not worried about gender, race, color, or who you are. Mm -hmm. Just be about wrestling. I get that. But the thing about sports entertainment that we will have to keep in the back of our mind, and I won't go into this too much in detail, but always remember that Title IX. You don't want to have it where that Title IX may come in on the impact because it uses that sports side when it wants to versus the entertainment side of how that equity piece can go in. Once again, I'm agreeing with you on that, but I think behind the scenes and alluring to answer that question for Will, that's something that we might have to keep in mind if equity is there for a sporting issue within wrestling with that. But I also want to add this too, real quick, and then I'll shoot it right back to you. A thing that needs to also change, you kind of alluded to this, but I'm going to just say this in detail. The in-ring work needs mm. to change with women's wrestling. Now, I'm going to use my wife as an example, who watches wrestling, is not a wrestling fan, but when she comes to me, and she watches it maybe like every other week, she'll watch AEW if I have it on, she'll watch WWE if I have it on, but the thing that she always says is, why is it when women wrestle, it always ends in submission? It needs to change up where you have different finishing moves or sequences, but nine times out of ten, when she watches it, it ends in a submission. And let's think about, you know, the wrestlers that are all wrestling in that last SummerSlam match with Bianca, Charlotte, and Oscar. Two out of three use submissions. So nine times out of ten, you think if somebody's going to do it, they're going to end a submission, even Ronda and Shayna Baszler. They both have submission finishers. So how can we make women have some type of sequence or moves in wrestling where they can end with a power move, but they don't have to be a big woman to do it, if that makes sense? She just always sees somebody's always tapping out for the finishes. But Damon, two change. Y'all go back because I know what? both y'all came in on that. Just what one change? question. I mean, have we, have, we, have we gotten over the point now where in sports we have not accepted women to be athletic to be involved in combat sports and has intergender sports is that still an optics thing that's not accepted I, I, think, look I think it across is. the board women are everywhere yep. winning thriving succeeding and in terms of intergender when 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 it is a sport that 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 permits i i don't i don't feel like that that domestic violence cloud is still tainting it like it used to be Yep. especially in wrestling so i'm just i'm just really curious about like 
that whole optics of like what does it look like seeing women do combat that do do combat sports or women being involved with intergender or any of that so i'm just wondering like how is that even still a, a thing when i feel like society has really moved past that at least from my standpoint it seems like they moved past that i would say that's and, and i'm not trying to say political on that i think that's more of a democratic versus a republican stance sort of because you're going to have people that's in different worlds that feels like oh we need to be old school men do this and women do this right. all of us here could probably be on that same let page, them all but die you have a, all but you them. have a different aspect in different worlds <laughs> that may dominate something where it's like they feel the opposite of that yeah equal rights equal fights that's that's what i'm concerned with but mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm going to I'm going to use the WNBA versus the NBA comparison mm. of should they should female athletes or women's athletes just be paid as much as the men. And the argument aside from gender that I hear used is merchandise sales, any kind of income revenue that's been like generated ratings, ratings. Yep. So women's wrestling overall and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can, I pretty much can say to a regular old wrestling fan who, you know, just shows up to a regular AEW event, they're not over here saying, I came to see Ruby Soho. You know, there's not a lot of male fans that are coming just to see women's wrestling. Confused. And I'm confused how only fan numbers do so good then. Well, because that's a different level of up. But Two chains, you know why. <laughs> I mean, they're still, they're still, I'm, they're I'm still over here trying to, to backpedal. No, you know why. I'm not even going to try to backpedal. So there's a lot more people interested in Sky Blue's OnlyFans than her wrestling ability. Okay? <laughs> She's over, too. Nah, I mean, yeah. like. But it, it comes down to that. It comes down I, to WWE. I really can't talk about Tony. I could come, talk about eight, uh, WWE. The women's biggest merch movers let's talk about when sasha was there the four horsewomen in their heyday mm -hmm. you know when bailey was a hugger they were a lot of the move the best moving merchandise people on the roster so yeah. they were throughout the bella twins for instance so unless a bliss and the doll went correct <laughs> lily so they were thrown all in there because they made merch they made numbers people were invested okay we don't get a lot of people invested in the undercard of WWE. Aside from Rhea, uh, aside from Rhea, aside from EO, Damage Control, and and who else? Charlotte. Give me give me another random female wrestler's name that's important. Oscar. Who else we got? Who else we got to be interested in? You know, remember that time when Lana was in WWE and her biggest way to get over was being put through a table. So we don't have a lot of interesting storylines. One for for the women in either promotion. I'm sorry, they need there needs to be better writing. But at the same token, there's no the talent gap is as wide as it is now as it's been in the long swept maybe 15 years, 10 years in women's wrestling. There's no more total divas to get people over outside of wrestling. So we AEW backstage we know can be the Brit show. So aside from that, we don't really have any other spotlights. Aside from NXT and Thea Hall getting, you know, the uh, Rey Mysterio rub recently, uh, the AEW, is, it's just the Brit show. Like you said, Two Chains, at this rate, when Jamie Hayter comes back, we might get a bigger bump in, in, in women's wrestling over there at AEW. But the outcasts, they're a bit of a flop. Thunder Rosa also is popular amongst her fan base, which is why she's over on Collision. But not a lot of those fans are really going to see women's wrestling, and I think that's the major crux of a lot of the issue. All right, Crab's and quiet down here. I'm, I'm really curious to hear Wiz's take on this. <laughs> so there's a couple of different things at play, and I don't, I don't make it quick. Uh, number one, addressing the Lufisto situation, it doesn't matter if you believe her or not. It doesn't matter if you have, if she's 100% factual in everything that she's ever said. She shared her lived experience, mm -hmm. and what people decided to do was denigrate her entire 25-plus year wrestling career. Yeah. So when you talk about believing people, particularly women, in situations where they speak up, this is another situation where another woman may go, nah, it ain't worth it. It's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the ridicule. 
It's not worth mm -hmm. the bullshit. It's, it's not worth the loss of income or any of the other stuff. It ain't worth it. It doesn't matter if she's right or wrong. The bullshit that came afterwards, uh, her getting you know bullied off Twitter, mm -hmm. um, the half the the most prominent members of the AEW locker room, Penelope Ford, peeked out of the shadow realm. I don't know what <laughs> cell phone service she has in the shadow <laughs> realm because I don't know if they got five G over there. But goddamn, she came out of nowhere. Yeah, we, we didn't even thing. we didn't mention the coordinated media blitz. The following afternoon, within, within, within the hour, you know, yeah, like, I, like, I'm not everyone even had what statements happened? prepared, and so, boom. so a lot of uh, prominent members of the AEW women's roster, one right after another, like dominoes, within the span of about 90 minutes, mm -hmm. came out and said everything is awesome, and they basically sang the Lego movie song. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Renee Paquette, now granted, Lufisto was referencing an incident that happened a year ago. But she got around to talking about, about it now for whatever reason. Uh, clarified those things in an interview, and then then now we're making the, the rounds. So Renee Paquette, Soraya, Britt, um, uh, Penelope Ford from oh, the click. whatever fucking moon base she's on that she's the, been oh, in. The click, um, okay. <laughs> the Bunny, Sky Blue, Madison Rain. Uh, you Ruby know, Soho. Ruby she's Soho. Well, Ruby yeah. was one of the subjects of the conversation. So, yeah, she spoke up. Um, so a lot of prominent people came out and said things all in the same spirit of damn, these women work hard, best group of gals I've ever worked with. And we're going to take this shit to the moon. And how dare anybody say anything other than that? Because that can't be true because I'm a person of substance. And this is what my lived experience is. This. Both statements mm -hmm. can be true. Period. This isn't a matter of right or wrong. This isn't a fact-finding mission. She said what she said. You can take it for what it is or not. But to denigrate her entire career, you know, and, and, and all these other things to come with it isn't the issue. And here's the other thing about that. What she's saying has been said before. Because, and this is the this is the part that that you know gets in it gets into it. Swole said the same thing. Tony Khan came out and said, What are you talking about? Uh diversity. <laughs> You just ain't good. Well, that's mm -hmm. a shitty thing to say to an employee. Um, Ex-employee, but still, that's a hell of an exit interview. Um, Lufisto says a similar thing about the disconnect and dysfunction of the uh, women's locker room. But that makes sense because we heard about uh, and saw um, Thunder Rosa that's sandbagging uh, Marina Shafir and then have the Twitter photo op of them physically breaking a big-ass sourdough loaf of bread. Yeah, um, let's also saw, not forget in, in, in all access that Ch Tony Schiavone very much tried to hold Brittany Baker accountable for her actions, or her antics that she tries to pull backstage and says that's not right. And whether so, you believe Schiavone or not, or the show or not, how casual is it for those prominent members of the locker room, for the TV or not, to just be like, you know what, fuck Thunder Rosa, I don't believe she's injured. Hell, go back to the damn press conference when all the drama happened back in the fall. What'd CM Punk go on about there? I work with children. What Hell, did John Moxley, Moxley say? said it too. What yeah, did Moxley, Moxley say in his interview with his wife? Mm -hmm. This is the most asinine high school bullshit I've ever had to yeah. deal with, and that's trying to stay away from it's it. It's not just the ladies saying this. Stuff. But nobody gave Moxley shit for saying that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody did. There wasn't this you know, Rosie the River to rah, rah, rah campaign against it's him. It's a common theme we've heard for ages now. For ages, since Jimmy Havoc, you know, got drunk and punched Excalibur. <laughs> God. You know, I mean, I'm saying like this is day one shit. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and the, and and of course, the spin, the the whatever, the rhetoric, the bullshit. We've heard it all. Why wasn't Christy Jane signed? Why did it take Willow Nightingale so long to get to get in? Why did people yeah. shit on Athena for having a good match with Jody Threat? Right. You know that they didn't see because it was on dark. I mean, it's 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 amazing how much shit women get for saying things as women. That when men say it, oh well, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna let that slide. Bullshit. The original question was, do we need more women's wrestling? The PC answer is, of course, yes, we do, because we want more wrestling. We want more of everybody to wrestling. I don't care if you don't have legs. We need more Zach Gowans in the world. Because yeah. that's what equality looks like. No, fuck that's that. That's the easy. That's the easy answer. That's the easy answer. 
But the simple truth is wrestling fans don't deserve it because wrestling fans, per the culture, the, the culture that they perpetuate, which, of course, businesses want to supplant because that's what makes businesses money. It, it is what it is. It, it's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. Why are all of the women's feuds based on friendship? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that has got to be top tier pet peeve, that they're best friends and they got to her. I, I hate it. They're best I friends and they're frenemies. High school. And then, they, then they try. And again, I know that I'm a male speaking on the plight of women's wrestling in a male-dominated, male-driven uh, locker room, top to bottom. The the uh, Where are the women? The women are the coaches. All right, cool. Respect that. What, what Lufisto said that Dustin Rhodes was the person that she talked to to put together the women's match. So where the fuck is Madison Rain? Where's where you know where where are the women's coaches? Now I don't know. Maybe that was just, again that's just her experience. But the bottom line is is that you know you have so many men speaking for women that this is the result. This is what you get because at the end of the day, it's still men viewing women through a male gaze. Exactly. And 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 to be honest with you, the culture won't change because of that. We won't see women as athletes and take them seriously as athletes because every single sport where a woman and a male do the same thing, we always look to the male version of the athletics versus the women. Nobody gives nobody says shit about Simone Biles doing a 950, you know, double split, whatever the hell craziness that they invented shit after her. Cool. They'll give her that. Where's the male equivalent? Well, that's, there isn't one in, in that level of gymnastics. But the, the WNBA and the NBA are not comparable either, because why would I watch y'all when I can watch them do it better? So that's always what it's what it's been. Whenever there's a male female dynamic in sports, we always look to the male because we associate that with athleticism. Until we can't. And then we go, yeah, no, yeah, these women got it. Pole vaulting, track and field, ice skating, you know, floor exercises, gymnastics. Okay, cool. Well, men don't do that. So I guess y'all gotta get yeah, I guess y'all gotta get the respect then. Bullshit. So the original question was, do we need no, we don't deserve it. Uh, you know, and it's not about equity, it's about parity. I don't want more matches, I want more good matches. I want more good storylines that I can invest yeah, in. No consolation prizes. Just, that's how. Right, that's how I am. And two chains was saying it need right. opportunities first mm -hmm. yeah. right. before we have more of that. That was one I, thing that got me going into this whole thing. When, when the Becky Trish match got moved to Raw, I saw people online saying, "What do they mean? They don't have time. They have their own network. They can just add the match." And it's like, right. that's and then that, then the hell, then the night at SummerSlam, I'm sitting there at eleven o'clock, and I'm like. This show's gonna go another damn hour. I'm done. Nope. Nope. I, don't the, I don't want these four or five damn hour shows. I want my shows to be three hours or less. I want a tight yeah. damn show, and that means everyone cannot be on the damn show every darn month. So yep. some some people are gonna have to be left off, and sometimes yes, it should be the guys, and sometimes it's gonna be the girls. But when you look at that SummerSlam card, it's like okay, if you're gonna put Trish and Becky on, then something needs to come off. And of course, a lot of people quick to be like, oh, they may need to have that battle royal. And it's like that battle royal was all about Slim Jim to sign the biggest damn sponsorship deal in history. Hey, That's what that match was about. That exactly. match ain't getting pulled off. That was all business. Right. So, but AEW is doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, their big show at Wembley Stadium, uh, the one, one, one of the women's matches that we know of is going to be the culmination of a tournament. Mm -hmm. So, that's not really like an actual storyline with something to follow. That's just a tournament that they're cooking up literally right now. Yeah. To, to get a women's get match you the on next the three weeks. Yeah. I mean, the, the rumored card right now, you got Cole and MJF, you got FTR and the Bucks. Those are, we know for sure. Yeah, those two are confirmed. Uh, and the Punk and Joe. Well, yeah, sure. Punk and Joe. Um, rumored to be uh, Omega and Takashita. Uh, rumored to be Takashita, my bad. <laughs> Jericho and Osprey, rumored. Sure. Uh, uh, but the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club against uh, OC, uh, Orange Cassidy and Eddie Kingston, possibly someone else. Oh, and then we know about Sting and Darby and uh, Swerve and Fox yes. from last night. Yes. And possibly so. 
Jeff Jarrett and Grado is rumored as like a UK tip of the hat to the UK scene. But okay. that's a, as usual, it's an AEW show with a whole bunch of matches. But <laughs> they just getting uh, started. We need like 50 more. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, know, they'll, yeah. they'll add, you know, 15 more matches and they'll do it the week of. Yeah. But but that's that's also the thing, too. Um, and that's kind of like the, the, the plight of AEW's long term booking is that they really don't have any. Uh, you know, how do you have so much time and space between pay-per-views and you just cram everything within the last three weeks? That, that's a different problem. That's a Correct. same question, but a different problem for a different day. Um, the long and short of it is, as far as this whole the women's thing goes, is until we change how we view women um, in wrestling, because, you know, it's not a sport. It is, it, is a, it is an exercise. It is a program. Until we change how we view them, um, it, it won't change. And, and honestly, a lot of the people that spoke up uh, that championed AEW, maybe that is their lived experience. I think it's a coincidence how they all came like ducks in a row to, to, to run Twitter to say it's that. A, it's, it's a group chat. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I think it is. I think it's funny how that worked out. But it is uh, interesting that everyone that said something does not have anything. They are in a position of privilege. Because... I didn't hear from Sarita Deep. I didn't hear well, I, from Jade. I didn't hear from, and we know that they have service in the Shadow Realm because Planet Before came out of the fucking blue. So, I, I'm gonna hold on. I want to get in there real quick. Let me. Let me first of all, I just want to re read the comments from Six Eight J. All the popular women sports have some degree of sex appeal involved. Well, that's the male gaze. Well, well, sure, right, and that's my whole point about the OnlyFans thing earlier is that, and it says uh, asterisk most marketable women sport. My, my my whole thing about OnlyFans is that when you let women control their content, they make a lot of money. Mandy Rose is exactly a prime example. So to make it seem like they're not valuable is silly. Tony mm -hmm. Tony Tony Storm has made the same uh, foundation of it, and, and many others make a, a a living off of how they control their content. Sure, it's sexy. Sure, it may be spicy, but they're controlling it to the degree of what they're comfortable with doing. Mm -hmm. If you allow women to have some input, some control over their content in professional wrestling, what do you think is going to happen? So that tells me that there clearly is a lot of penises up top trying to tell women <laughs> what they need to do, and mm. they're just like, fuck no. And it don't work. And they say, well, so, since it's fuck no, then you're not going to go. And, and, and then they're like, oh, well, I'm the network home. says, "Well, the women's don't the women don't draw. Well, you don't give us a chance to build a thing. What well, doesn't right. matter because they won't draw. Well, we won't right. draw if they won't try. Yep. And, yeah, it, and it keeps going back and forth. Yeah, because reality TV ain't making all this money in the world because it's driven by men. <laughs> it's all women on reality TV show. The Kardashians, the housewives. Yep. Is there a husband's one? No, it's not. Because there's so <laughs> many housewives in every single state. Because it makes money. I just want to say this because I know we're getting over on our time." I just want to make it very clear, and if you all disagree, go ahead and chime in. But I think it's very clear that Lufisto and her career is well respected for everything that she's brought into the world of professional wrestling. Well, Twitter um, told me she she's never been a WWE, so she didn't make it. Yeah, could, <laughs> could give a fuck. But for everything that she's done on the indies, for the path that she's craved from the countless years of wrestling, quarter from, of a century wrestling. The health, the, the health uh, predicament that could have easily been in her career, yet alone her life here. And then the there was COVID. Back. She was stuck in Canada. For right. that as well, too. I mean, the challenges left and right. When I talk about some of the most respected women in terms of all professional wrestling, and whether you believe me or not, you ask anybody else, you're going to throw out names like Mercedes Martinez. You're going to throw out Sharina Deeb. You're going to throw out Lefisto. You're going to throw out Madison Rain. You're going to throw out Rain. You're going to talk about these folks that really was in the trenches. And I'm talking about this independent recent era within the last 20, 25 years of folks who really got out there, hit the towns. And when there wasn't opportunities, they sure as hell tooth and claw to make sure that they still made a name for themselves. It is laughable for anybody to sit here and discredit her because a lot of these folks wouldn't even be in AEW if it wasn't for the worst for the for the likes of somebody like Lufisto. So to me, I think it's definitely nothing but high school drama in a group text and people just standing for their job because obviously they're like, well, if I don't say anything, then 
if I if I do say something, then what's going to happen to my job? Maybe maybe what happened to Swole or some of these other mm-hmm. AW Dark uh, folks who never made it, never got an opportunity, or the Thunder Roses or the Evilises, the folks who had something to say. I don't I don't want to be blackballed. Well, I mean, even uh, or, to or shadow banned because it is, you know, but. That's just can't how get it exiled. Is. Hey, you can't even get exiled to dark anymore. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Whew. I got a feeling we'd have a lot to talk about there. We could probably keep going if we wanted to. Yeah. That's just, that is a topic I'm sure we will revisit because it never goes away. Nope, it's nope, unfortunately nope. just kind of the state of things in wrestling. And I'm sure it's going to come around again. Someone eventually will, will say something again. And, but we'll it, doesn't, I mean, it doesn't just happen in wrestling. It happens in uh, every single aspect mm-hmm. of society. You're right. Uh, particularly entertainment, because yep. that's what we that's what we're here for. Yep. But women get paid less than men, goddamn near every time. I mean, they, yep. they it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But unfortunately, until we start seeing major changes at the top, until we start seeing major changes in the people that can actually make the decisions. This will come around again. This will not be the last time we talk about somebody saying that they saw this and in their professional multi-decade, multi-generational experience said that this is dumb. Uh, why do you do it this way? And then the history you know, repeats itself. It, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. There you go. Well, folks, we are over our time, so we are going to wrap it up Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is live each and every week here on Twitch, YouTube, uh, Twitter, or I guess I should be calling it the X now, but we still call it Twitter over here. (laughs) And all kinds of other sources wherever we have our streaming feed. And then, of course, the next day, the podcast version drops early Friday mornings on all your favorite podcast platforms. On social media, it's Big gold belt, whether it's Instagram, we're on threads now, right? Aren't we, too, James? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very. Yeah. I guess yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, the, the the hot sensation for a quick moment, but yeah, we're there. Yeah. yeah. Claim all this up. Big gold belt, wherever you look on the X, on the Twitter, on the Instagram. All that stuff. And, of course, BigGoldBelt.com, the website for your one-stop shop for whether it's wrestling, comics, entertainment, all that kind of good stuff. Big Gold Belt Media is on top of all of it. But Thursday nights, 8 p.m., we are here each and every week. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is the first time we've had the whole crew together in quite some time. But we'll be back next week to break it all up again. And until then, stay safe. We'll talk to you later, folks. But I really-